but we are part of many, many more. Uh, and so we should be proud of that. And finally, number four, and for me, the most important one, very uh, important, important reminder, is that um, we are church for the sake of the world. We are church for the sake of the world. That means that church does not exist for you and for me. Church does not exist for the people inside of these four walls, but instead church exists for those outside of these walls. For you and I come to worship every week or whatever, however often you make it, and we are nourished through word and sacrament for a purpose, right? It is not so that we might get a little bigger, but instead it's for us to be able to be nourished for what we are about to do, which is engage the community outside of us and to be, be uh, kind to our neighbors and just be Christ representative and be the light of Christ wherever we may be, right? So that's our purpose uh, as we are, uh, as a community of faith, is to be the light of Christ outside of these walls. We are church, we are Lutheran, we're church together, we're church for the sake of the world. And that being the case, thank you for having me here this morning. Again, it was a pleasure to be uh, with you, with, uh, with the community yesterday, even though there was a, 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 a loss, uh, a passing, a funeral yesterday, but it was still good to be, we meet with leaders. And so I thank Pastor Jason and also Pastor Matt for the invitation to come out and be a part of you this weekend. Recently, uh, Pastor Jackie Pagel, who's also an associate uh, of the official associate uh, at the Senate office, uh, and I are, are going to be piloting a program, uh, piloting this uh, um, program called Faithful Innovations. Uh, Faithful Innovations is a program out of Luther Seminary, and it was actually uh, founded by Pastor Dwight Shiley uh, and Pastor Mike um, Piner, Binder. And in this particular uh, methodology of the way that they do outreach or that they promote doing outreach is very simple. For them, they say, well, we as communities of faith must be able to be curious about what's happening outside of our doors. If we're not curious about what God is doing in our community, then we have a problem. So we have to have that curiosity within us to be able to see how we can engage those outside of our doors, right? And so they, they, they have come up with this little thing called FAS, which is F-A-S, which is, um, no, LAS, L-A-S, um, which actually means to listen, to act, and to share. Listen to what God is doing in your community, act upon what you have learned from your listening, and then share the story of how God has been active in your community, right? Very simple. I mean, it should not be that difficult. But as communities of faith, you know, they, they need to have the, the courage to be able to do that because it takes a lot of, you know, especially people who are courageous enough to engage those who, the, the other, the neighbor, right, and engage the outside world. And actually, Pastor uh, Michael uh, uh, Binder shared a story of that the, one of his communities that he was working with that kind of embraces this whole attitude of, of you know, of listen, act, and share. He says that the community that he was working at at that time, this, this uh, Lutheran church in northeastern Minnesota, uh, northeastern Minneapolis area, um, took, took this, this uh, uh, methodology, and so they had a team that went out into the neighborhood. And part of what you need to do when you're listening uh, uh, is not only listening to each other's stories and listening to what's going on outside, but as they went outside, they were, the team was encouraged to take pictures. Take pictures of wherever you see God active, right? Whatever it may be. The simplest things, take a picture. And so the team went out. Actually, it was two teams that went out and started taking pictures. And when they came back as a team, they gathered together and they kind of accumulated all the pictures. And they began to ask the question, what is going on? What do you think is going on here? Well, one of the pictures that was taken was of this very nondescript, uh, what looked like an apartment building, 
but it had no name for like village so and so or whatever. There wasn't no no name to it because uh, they, they knew that there was another apartment complex next door, and so they they were curious as to what this was. They, I mean, this is a community that had been there for a significant amount of time, but they have never noticed this one building. So they said, like, well, time for action, right? So then they sent the team to, he says, go investigate. Oh my gosh, so here you go, you know, go find out what this building is, what is it? And so a few people then go uh, and go into this building and they, they're met at a, with a reception desk and they begin to ask the question, what is this place? Well, it ended up being that that apartment complex um, was actually a home uh, for people living with HIV or AIDS. Uh, and so it was very specific, right? And it was a nonprofit organization that all these people, let, let this community lived. And so the vast majority of the people there uh, were, had HIV or AIDS and they were pretty much live, would live there until uh, they would pass away. And so that, that was very curious to them. Well, well that's interesting. It's like, how, how, we've been this, in this place for this long. How is it that we never have noticed this? So they, they wanted to get into a relationship with this community, but they knew that it was gonna be hard. So they began to ask questions. And so as they, they came back a couple of times, to inquire about, you know, just with the, more about the community and whatnot, they came up with an idea. They said, how about, it says, how about we sponsor a Thanksgiving dinner here this next Thanksgiving, right? And so they do, they sponsor, they ask, oh, well, can we do a Thanksgiving dinner here and, and all sorts of stuff? And the, the administration was like, yeah, you're welcome to do so. Uh, and that's great that you're providing this for our community. But understand that, you know, it, it, though maybe you want to do this because maybe you want to get more converts or whatever, you know, they're getting suspicious of what they wanted to do as a church. But know that it might be a little difficult to gain trust within this community. Mm -hmm. It says, because the reality is, is that many of these folks have been hurt by church. A significant popular number, uh, percentage of the people that lived in that community were from the LGBTQ plus, so it's community. And so there's been a lot of damage that churches have done to this community in that, in, in that city. And so it says, so don't be surprised if nobody wants to talk to you or you don't get a big number at the Thanksgiving dinner. So no problem, we'll still do it, right? So they did the Thanksgiving dinner. And sure enough, it wasn't as big of a number they thought they'd have, but it was a beginning, right? And soon enough, they were still kind of very curious about what was going on with this community. So they went back again and again. They said, could we do a weekly meal? And they said, Sure, and so they started doing weekly dinner, right? And as they began to do the weekly dinner, they began to have more and more conversations and more and more relationships started developing. And people sat around tables, so they will serve, sat around tables, and the community began to grow. Uh, and people, more people started showing up to the dinners than previously before. And as that continued to happen, we're talking about a year of this slow relationship building, all of a sudden, they get to a point where they get their first request. One of the residents had passed away. And so, and the administrator calls the pastor and says, would you guys be able to provide a service for this person? Because even though they don't go to your church, they consider you their church. And so they said, we will definitely do that. And sure enough, they did have a service. People showed up and on the, and they, I mean, now after a year of being in relationship, obviously always the community, the actual congregation members came out, more congregation members came out and began to be, I mean, and, and be in, in um, mourning of the loss of this friend that they had developed throughout this time. And so little by little, then there was another request for another funeral and so on and so forth. To date, they're still there and they're still very active in that community uh, because this is what they felt God had called them to. 
to serve other people and to serve their neighbor. And as they have done so, one of the things that has happened that obviously there might not be physical healing happening in that place because people go there to pretty much die. Uh, but as they have developed this relationship, there's been other types of healing. Healing of a relationship of reconciliation between residents and God and residents and church. God has loved them this entire time, but they might have been hurt by other communities, so they maybe did not want to listen or they were a little jaded about it. But as the relationship developed, all of a sudden healing started happening within the community itself. And that is wonderful, wonderful news. To be able to see what God is capable of doing if only, if only we respond. If we are participate in the mission of God wherever we may be, right? It is so fitting that today we hear the gospel lesson of Jesus being very clear to his disciples. If any one of you wants to be greater than the other, they must be the servant of all, right? You must be willing to serve. If you think you want to be high up, this is the only way, right? Because I, the, the Son of Man has come, so many Jesus, I have come to serve, not to be served, right? It is a calling for us as disciples to also be servants to the communities in which we have been placed. And then not only that, but as he continues on, immediately after he teaches this lesson to his disciples, he then goes out. And the very first act of servitude, of, of service to somebody was to a beggar. Because then the heal, he heals the blind man who was a beggar. A person who was marginalized in his society. Uh, but nonetheless, Jesus saw him and, and, and was, com uh, was compelled to help him and bring sight back to this person and bring healing in this person's life. As I was here yesterday and we were listening to the stories of what has been happening here at Reformation, we were surprised. We were surprised because we heard many stories of what you as a community of Christ have been doing here in this place. You have been serving your community. You have been faithful servants to those around you, right? And I've got, do we have some work to do? We definitely have some work to do. But that's nothing that we can't, you know, I can't stop doing. But instead, what we'd love to hear is how engaged you are with your community. Not only through Lutheran Social Services of Nevada, but also at Nevadans for the Common Good and a variety of other ministries that have been happening in this community. Imagine for a minute, imagine for a minute, if we would begin to also be, uh, do another one of the inquisitive things and go out into the community and ask the question, of how, you know, what, listen to what God is doing here. The opportunities are so vast in this place, are so great. There's suffering in this community like any other community. Uh, and so there's plenty of opportunities for us to serve um, as Christ has called us. And in that serving, there's also opportunities for us to bring healing to other people. Maybe we might not be, be physical healing like Jesus could, but the healing of the soul, the healing of the spirit, the healing of a person to bring wholeness and dignity to every human being. You have that potential. You are doing that now. What more is possible if we begin to listen to what your community is doing? Me as a director for Evangelical Mission, especially as a, as a Grand Canyon student, I want to say thank you for all that you do. Thank you for responding to the call that you have responded to so far. Uh, and we look forward to seeing what else 
you as a community of faithful here and information can continue doing. So thank you for that partnership. Thank you for allowing us to witness what God has been active here in this place. And we pray and hope that you never forget. Forget that you are sharing the heart of Christ in the heart of the city, right? Because that's exactly what you are doing. You are Christ's heart here in this place. And you are sharing it with the rest of the community that's around you in the entire city of Las Vegas. So thank you for having me. And my Lord bless you and keep you with you always. Amen. Amen. Amen.